Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step back for Arfield. What a volley! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up plays the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clariton Blue. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kennan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast full-time show with me, Joel Redmond. As you can see, it's Dan from Turf Morehouse. How are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm um, not too bad. Not too bad. Happy days. Um, yeah, so obviously Burnley nil, Blackpool nil. We all went into this game with so much confidence. Um, and to be fair, every single Blackpool fan that I spoke to um, didn't have any confidence. The Blackpool fan on the on the full-time, uh, sorry, on the pre-game show um, said we'd win. I worked with a Blackpool fan who backed Burnley to score more than two and a half goals. I was on uh, the Longside podcast from by Vizzy the other day. He had some Blackpool fans in the chat, and they were saying there's no chance we'll get anything out of this. Just didn't click though, did it, Dan? It just it just didn't seem to come 
onto the pitch, really, did it? Like the Burnley that we've seen in certain games, especially Huddersfield, it just weren't there today, was it? No. Um, it, it, it almost had a typical feel to like how it did on Wednesday against Fleetwood. It was very similar, flat performance. We didn't even really look like entertaining their goal. It were a lot of sideways passing, trying to break them down. We can look at it in that in two ways. We can look at it in that way and say that it, maybe it was us and a lack of attacking intent. Um, or we could put it down to the fact that we need to find ways to break down 11 men behind the ball. And yeah. that I think that, for me, has got to be the key thing. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Uh, get your comments in on the match. Sam Emerson, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Imerson. Uh, Sam. Uh, says, ready for a good listen on my drive home. Keep me entertained, Joe lad. Hopefully I do that, mate. You should really be watching YouTube while driving unless it's connected to <laughs> air thing. I don't know how it works. Just wait for the podcast in future, mate. I don't want to be responsible for a, a silly crash. Uh, the True Red says, very frustrating game, but you have to credit Blackpool. They wanted that fighting for their lives to survive. A point would definitely help Blackpool more because you're so far ahead. Yep, I do agree with that. Inky Punk says, hey, up, I blame them. We're going up, you're going down, Chance. It must have wound their players up to really dig in. Uh, so it's your fault. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's funny, that, because that chant wasn't started by us, what it was, but obviously the, um, your mum's your dad, your dad's your mum, you know, that chant. They were singing yeah. that to the beat of the drum. So Burnley fans just took over it and just changed it to you're going down and we're going up in the tune of that. So every time they tried to give us shit, we just give it them back and it, and it, was, just, it was just funny. Um Claret One says, Evening, John. Hey, how, how are you, you doing? doing? We've just been talking about you, mate, off air. Uh, good to see you today, mate. Um, Tony says, I did not see the match, but really believe we are missing Manuel Benson. Yeah, I just want to talk more about the actual match itself before we go into stuff like that, um, Tony, but I do agree with you. Um, Dan, you said there, Fleetwood match. It was very similar to that, wasn't it? Uh, I agree with that. Um, but Blackpool did just set up in the two banks of four and didn't really want to play... Um, football, they just wanted to defend and again, it's not me criticising them that's just me observing how the game was played every time I looked, it was just two banks of four with someone up top chasing the balls down and then someone else chasing the ball down at the other side of the pitch and then we were trying to break that press and get past that front two and sometimes we'd do it, sometimes we'd have to go back and then go long but then when we got past that front two we'd still got eight players in front of us eight outfield players in front of us and we just weren't quick enough with the ball, were we? I just thought we weren't passing it around quick enough. We were too slow. It felt like the Fleetwood game. And I'll say the same as what I said on the Fleetwood game. It felt like an early season game, you know, before it all clicked. It just felt like yeah. that. Like, wh Why do you think it started to feel like this recently, Dan? Well, I don't know. Two I games. Think I, that sounded a bit more negative than well, it did. Yeah. <laughs> just the last two games. I don't know. I think some people are putting their own spin on it, saying that pretty much it's job done. But you can't say that. We, we can't say it's job done. Yes, looking at the points, you'd say that it is. But don't out with that comment. Sort of a player's mentality should always be, you know, the next game, it's winnable no matter what. It could all come crashing. Look at Sheffield United. You know, it, how it can turn. How it can turn. I could see Burra overtaking them at this point. But we, I, I don't think we're going to fall to that sort of same, same um, notion. I just... I, Teller for me was a big, uh, a big no-no today. That he couldn't get the ball out from his feet. Like players were trying to play it into him, and usually he's always the one, you know, forward trying to attack attackers going forward. And uh, he just wasn't reading the passes either. 
Uh, losing Brownhill was a, a big miss as well. Um, credit to their keeper, by the way. You know, Chris Maxwell, I think he had a probably their man of the match. Um, mm. But we just we just sort of couldn't seem to break them down. They, they literally were so happy. Would have you could see the the camera angles when it were panning round to the fans. The home fans were so well happy as a pig in shit because as soon as they saw that there was a chance of getting a point, that to them was like three points this season. They have managed to stop us from gaining six points against them. They have drawn with us twice now. Again, this is the first time we've not scored in a game since the Watford game. Yeah. And they've managed to stop that. It's There's positives for them, but we've got to learn from it. And I, I said at the end, I was almost a bit dejected at the fact that we had a nil-nil against Blackpool, but I shouldn't because of the what I've been saying is the, the Millwall, Luton, Watford game, they were tough games. But you've now got you're coming up we're coming up against a bulk of teams like Blackpool, Wigan, Hull, that are playing eleven or twelve cup finals now. And that's gonna be a challenge. And if they think the best way to get a point in a game that they could class as a free hit is to stick men behind the ball, they're gonna do it. We've got to find ways to break that. And if we don't, then it could come back and bite us in the in the backside. Yeah, Terrence says, Teller lucky not to get a second yellow card. I do want to say, well done to Nathan Teller for getting that first yellow card. I, it was right in front oh, of me. Yeah. I was shouting, foul him, foul him now. Why are you not fouling him? Bring him down, foul him. Then he fouled him. Brilliant, Nathan Teller. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, could have easily got a second yellow. Um, but I thought the Astros were a bit there, weren't they? Yeah, I, I think if he hadn't already got a booking, he'd have probably got booked. But I do think it was, yeah. I think it would have been harsh for a second yellow, if that makes sense. Um, but it's funny, you said like there, Nathan Teller, you found him frustrating. I thought he was one of the better players today. Um, the players I thought played well were Teller. His end product wasn't there. So I think some people have already given yeah. him a stick on Twitter for saying he wasn't, uh, he played well. But I thought he thought he was the only player providing an outlet and trying to make things happen. Um, look at Zorori, for example. He got on the ball a lot, but I don't think he beat his man once. Every single time he cut inside. And I, I love Zorori. I've said before, I think he's probably my favourite player. Definitely one of my favourite players from the summer signings, but I think Bay has slowly overtaken him. I love that lad. Um, but today, it just felt like he just he just didn't have many ideas and he kept cutting inside. And you remember that goal he scored at Sunderland where he had the ball on the left, cut inside, <laughs> yeah. pinged it into the top court. He tries to do it every fucking week. And it, it, yeah. he's not done it since. Well, it's not just like, once he tries to do it, though. Yeah, during, he does it every week. During these uh, games. Yeah, he does it's it like three or four times, times a match. Yeah. But some people might say, oh, he scored against Huddersfield. He did, but it worked the same. It was kind of a cross. But when he tries to do that move, it doesn't work. It was a brilliant goal. Fantastic. But just stop it, Zorora, please, if you're watching. I know you are. Um, no, he's not really. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I thought he were poor. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to slag players off. Um, so I, I was using him as an example to Teller, who I thought was better. Um, I thought Bayer played very well. I've just mentioned mm. how much I love him. It was fantastic. I love the way he comes out of defence with the ball. She's so effortless and gets past him so easily every single time. And I thought um, Cullen played well. I thought them three. I thought yeah, them yeah. three played quite well. Ekdal played well as well. But there was a couple of occasions where he just looked a little slow where they were counter-attacking. And I thought, hey, up, is this guy not as fast as we thought? Um, but maybe just he was up against a pacey striker. I'm not sure. But um, he still played well. I won most of his aerial duels and stuff, probably all of them as well. Um, I just were a little bit suspect on his pace. Who do you think played well then, Dan? Uh, I agree with Cullen. Uh, I agree with Bayer. 
Uh, again, like you said, Ekdal, for me, there were a few little incidents where they've tried to counter and he's, you know, blowing out his arse to get back and try and sort it. Connor Roberts, for me, stood out as well. I think he was heavily involved in a lot of the moves trying to get forward, orchestrate passes uh, through. I, I think they came with a game plan as well to stop us on the wings. You know, we were being man-marked uh, throughout it. As soon as we came forward, there's two or three players round Anas, there's two or three players round yeah. uh, Teller. And it's hard to have confidence to be able to beat them. My only problem is just get the ball in the box. Again, another problem with Anas. The balls that do come into the box, they're always on the ground. Put some art on mm. them. Get some art on them. You know, I, I thought Barnes was pretty quiet, uh, apart from, I think, at the beginning of the second half, he came on and sort of helped out a little bit. But he had to come back and sort of sit in as a midfielder, uh, almost. It's just, it's a frustrating day. It's a frustrating game. And we should look at it as a positive, because, you know, seeing second place Sheffield United lose, it's a point difference, it's a point gained on them more than anything and we shouldn't grumble but it's you'd have always took a point away from home it's just where they are in the division and how we've been playing we've sort of become accustomed to be just just walking away with three points and I think that's why it's almost a little bit disheartening as well yeah Kenny Bridges says at least it wasn't a defeat like Sheffield United again which I think will end up in the playoffs by the way the Borough will snatch second place in my yeah. opinion, thanks, Joe. Kenny from Canada, Canada, bring on the next up, the Clarets. Thank you, Kenny. Um, I, for, I, for what it's worth, thought Sheffield United will still get second until maybe today. Um, I'm not sure. I think that's going to be a battle that might go to the last game of the season and could probably go either way. I'm not sure because Borough lost last week as well, didn't they? So I think yeah, they're, they're yeah. a little bit hit and miss, uh, although they smashed Reading today, to be fair. Um, but we'll see how that one happens. Um yeah, we've spoken about... Uh, there's some comments coming in now. Uh, Baron Von Greenback, which is the best name I've ever seen. I missed a trick there, not calling my little boy Baron Von Redmond. I should have done that. Um, teams are now <laughs> just parking the bus, hoping for a draw. Same as Fleetwood. We are the Man City yeah. of the Championship. It is exactly that. But my problem with that is, which is perfectly correct, Baron, as Dan's just said as well, but this time, three months ago, to something like that, teams were doing this to us at the turf, and we were still finding a way every single time we found a way. At the minute, we're just not finding a way. And there's someone said in the comments, um, Chris P, uh, we are missing key players to the system. Yes, of course. We're missing about, what, six or seven players that would have probably started today. Obviously, I want to speak about someone that I think we missed an absolute shit ton today, and that was Ian Martson. I thought you could just see how much he brings to the team. I love Vitinho, but he's another one that I thought was a little poor today. Quite a few poor passes and caught in possession a lot and not getting forward as much as Ian probably would have done or would have tried. Yeah. However, it's probably more of a way Blackpool played rather than a criticism of uh, Vitinho. But yeah, we're missing quite a lot of players, aren't we, Dan? I think that's part of the reason why this sort of like run of fixtures, I think, uh, has caught up with us recently. Yeah, um, I was surprised to see Obafemi come on and play out, out wide. It's clear to see Obafemi out wide is not, it's just not working. I'm surprised Cherlinov wasn't in there. I don't know whether there was a, a knock from Wednesday or something like that, because I thought when he came on against Fleetwood, he had a blinder. I thought he actually yeah. played really well and put a, you know, put up his case to be at least in the match day squad for Saturday. So I was shocked at that, seeing his name not even on the bench. Um but yeah, with Simpatino playing a bit more as an as an attacker or sort of 
you know, playing a bit more forward than what he has. And when he drops back, I, I'm still trying to work out Patino a little bit of where is his best position because he started out on the left, then moved on to the right, and it it's it worked out for him for a little bit. Then obviously the injury, then he came back, played in an attacking position and started playing well. And then this game today, it was almost like, yeah, it wasn't the game for you. All players have off days, and I get that. But today, I wouldn't even say we had... Could we say we had an off day? Uh, yeah, to I, a degree. I so. Yeah, I, I think so. We, we just weren't... We just weren't I, I know people always point to how Blackpool played and how they defended and, and stuff. Yeah. But I, I think we would have been good enough on one of our days to break that Blackpool team down. The second bottom for a reason. You know, the six yeah. adrift or five adrift now with a point for a reason. They're not good enough. Um, and Burnley would have brought them down if they, if they weren't having an off day. Um, but obviously, we, as we mentioned, there's a lot of players missing as well. Um, you mentioned there as well, games are catching up with us. But yeah, I, I, I think it was off day. I think too many individuals had individual off days. Zorore, yeah. Vitinho. Um, I'm going to talk about Twine in a bit because there's been a comment. In fact, we'll talk about Twine now, actually. Kurt Leeming says, um, saw some good flashes from Twine again, but also moments where he was weak. That, that sums it up perfectly. Like, I watch him sometimes. I'm like, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And then he does something silly. And I remember turning around to my dad at one point going, he's a soft bastard, this guy. He needs, to just, he needs to just bulk up a bit. He gets yeah, he pushed does. off the ball too does. easily. And he ends, he ends up getting caught in possession because of it. He just needs to be a bit stronger. Um, I love him. I, I, obviously, the free kick he scored against West Brom was fantastic. Um, nearly scored again today. Probably a little bit too central, um, to be honest. But um, yeah, what you what you think? Because again, he, he brought he came on for the injured Brownhill and then got took off again. So I don't know if if Vinny were thinking that maybe he wasn't up to scratch. I, I, I'm not sure. What were your thoughts on Twan? Again, he was hit and miss. Like one minute he's involved in the game, you know, five minutes later he's not. Uh, it, it, it was it looked like a bit of a lost cause for me. In that game, it was a case of he was he was on the pitch, but you very rarely saw him doing anything. And when it when he did show up, it actually you could see the class that he's got in him. It's just every now and again, it's it's in drips and drabs, and it needs to be you know you need players to be a bit consistent. And don't get me wrong, yes, he's he's made a leap up from League One. Uh, he's had half of the season out injured and potentially. In the long run, he'll gain that confidence. But for me, Twine's still a, a talent to be nurtured, I think. Mm. And I think we're still yet to uncover his full potential. Yeah, I think he needs... Because um, obviously he got injured... Um, then missed a lot of time. I, I think he's playing catch up at the minute. I think he just needs to maybe a bit of a reset. Hopefully, the end of the season. Um, but obviously, of course, then we're going to be in an even higher league. So it'll be interesting to see how he how he gets on there. Um, obviously, you've mentioned as well, and there's some people in the chat that watched your live stream of the match. So you were watching it on, I presume, a perfectly legal streaming device. Oh, perfectly. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Brownhill. Obviously, I was. It happened right in front of me again. Um, just see the little bit innocuous. Obviously, for those that don't know, I'm sure you all do. Brown Brownhill has added to the injury list. It looked like he couldn't put weight on his foot afterwards when they were trying to pick him up and get him to walk. Um, but it was just a little bit innocuous. There was no one anywhere around him. He kind of stumbled and slipped. And then two Blackpool players started closing him down because he'd slipped. And then he managed to pass the ball back to Ekdal, I think it was. Um, and then he then we realised he was injured. Um, did, did you see anything... Little bit gave more away on on the on the footage, or did he twist his ankle? What happened? It was it was more about his landing more than anything else. I think as Connor Roberts has played the pass, he's he's sort of anticipated it coming towards him. He's ran towards the ball, but then sort of like jumped to try and stop it from going out. 
um, as he's took that touch, he sort of landed. And on the AstroTurf, which was literally where the line is, it's gone from pitch to AstroTurf. And he sort of just rolled. But his foot hasn't rolled fully. It's sort of just like he's landed at an angle and gone like that back onto his foot and sort of dropped down. Um, but yeah, it does look like he twisted his ankle or, you know, bent his foot in a little bit. Uh, and then obviously still managed to get the pass back, you know, in pain. Yeah. But you could you could tell at that point that I I even said at the time, I said, I will be surprised because this, you know, Brownhill's not one of those that will just go down and, you know, stay down. Not usually anyway. It'd usually be up and it, the person yeah. who did it would nip at their ankles. So I'd... You know, I sort of, I've had an inkling that if this is serious, he's he's gonna he's gonna go off, uh, and then obviously he did for Twine, but hopefully it's not gonna be, it's gonna be a little bit like a an Ian Matson sort of one, and we just look at it and go, oh, it's not as worst as we first feared. But fingers crossed. Yeah, this is what I love about this this sort of um, this live show because we sometimes chat about stuff and people in the comments know more than me because I've I've not watched an interview, for example. Uh, Kurt Lehman says Vincent has said that Brownell injured himself as a grass change to AstroTurf, and obviously Dan, yeah. you just said that. Uh, and Solent Clarence, I have just put it on the screen, says watched it in slow motion. His ankle twisted when he slits. But Graham does say it's a horror one. Uh, I really felt for Josh uh, to what horror to watch. Sorry. Um, so it, it's I, I, like I said, watching from the stands, it looked like nothing because I couldn't see the slip, I couldn't see the ankle turn, but it was the fact that he couldn't put weight on it. I think it looks to me yeah. like ligament damage, and ligament damage is what I'm no physio, it's six to eight weeks, yeah, something like that. I think it's the fact that he's you know, he's just gone with momentum and thought that that's it, he's getting to the ball, he's keeping it in. And when you've got momentum, you put your full force of body onto that, and when he's gone down and obviously done what he's done. It did look like you could tell he hurt himself as soon as he dropped because he sort of winced um, as he as he drops, and then he thinks, "I've still got to sort of play the game. I'm still on the pitch," yeah, uh, and still ends up managing to make the pass back to Connor Roberts, who supportingly obviously kept hold of it and said, "Like, come on, he's like really really hurt himself." Um, fair play to the referee for that as well because he could have easily just said, "No, no, you've got you've still got the ball, continue." Um, it's not an head injury, but you know, fair play. And Blackpool fan, Blackpool players didn't grumble either. So, you know, I just I just feel for Brownhill because he's he's actually been quite decent this season for us. He's been quite a, a rock in there. Whether he's had to push forward as a sort of number ten or sit in with Cullen and Cork and do the donkey work sometimes. Yeah, I think he's been brilliant. So fingers crossed he's not out for as long. But six to eight weeks, what? that potentially put him out for the rest of the season? Yeah, well, we're speculating, aren't we? Um, so yeah. what is it now? March the 4th? I should know. That's my son's birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Um, if it is eight <laughs> weeks, then yeah, he's, he's, pretty much, he's pretty much out for the season. Probably come back towards the end. But we are speculating. It might not be ankle ligament damage. It might just be cramp. I don't know. Uh, fingers crossed it is just cramp. Um, I do like Brownell. Uh, and I like the fact... You remember when Scott Arfield and Matt Lawton as well, um, like they'd always have like the, the family would always be in and around the club, like on Twitter, engaging with the fans. That's what I love about Brownell. His dad's on Twitter, engaging with Burnley fans, his sister, his brothers. I, lo I love that. I kind of feel like yeah. he's really got the community spirit and that's why his family got into it. So I hope Brownell isn't out for too long. And not only that, of course, he's a key player. Um, that's obviously the most important thing. Um, but I know he's got a bit of stick recently uh, from some sections of the fan base. I'm not really sure why. I, I, I don't think he's been playing that bad. He's, he's had some are saying that it, when it comes to us attacking, 
he looks arsed. But when it comes to us having to get back and defend, he, 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 yeah, well, he looks like he don't what, give a shit. It depends in what role he's being told to play, isn't yeah, it? Because in the number exactly. 10 role, it's not really his problem, is it? It's down to the Cooks no. and the Cullens of the world, so I don't really have an issue with that. Um, but he has been playing in that number 10 role these last few games. It's been good to see um, against... Um, who was it? Uddersfield. And same again today, we had uh, the Brownell and the Cullens in the middle, which give Brownell the license to go forward a bit more rather than have Cork and Cullen as a double pivot. However, obviously, Brownell's looking like he's out now. Um, so what do you think we will do going forward? Do you think we'll go back to the Cork and Cullen as like a double pivot and just have that extra sort of like protection? Or do you think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Twine, maybe playing just behind the strikers? I think we've got to give Twine game time. You don't want to spend four million on a player who's not got quality to showcase. And I think it would give his confidence a lot of boost, especially in the games against like Hull and Wigan. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I think Goodmanson's done well since coming in and starting a good couple yeah, of games as well, sure. because I thought. You know, him in that number 10 role as well. And we all know he, he used to do as a roaring, like to cut in and take shots from shots from range. But from uh, in a number 10 role, I think he'd actually be pretty decent. Or even, dare I say it, this is just taking a big big punt and a big risk, but drop Barnes into that 10 role and put, push Teller more forward. Yeah, I, 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 do, I do like Teller in the middle. I don't think that would have helped today, just because how no. deep Blackpool were, and, and Teller, no. uh, Teller's pace is, is what gives him. Uh, but yeah, Gubbinson, obviously Gubbinson plays traditionally in that 10 role. It's just with Brownell, he gets the freedom with Cullen being behind him. I, I, I think we're likely to see, for the next few games, Cork, Cullen and Gubbinson in that number 10 role with then, obviously, the three, four strikers around them. I think I think that's how we'll play it. Um, be interested to see, but obviously Gunnarsson's been playing quite well as well, so that's not exactly a, a massive, a massive issue. No, not at all, not at all. In fact, I've I've actually enjoyed some of his passing and that uh, passing and movement. You know, some of the plays that we've had from the Dash era, we've looked at and thought these aren't going to adapt. Mm. These 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 are going to struggle to adapt to what we're doing now. But they've talked to it like a duck to water and. I, I can't fault him. Goodmanson's come back from many an injury and, you know, pro proving the doubters wrong. He's certainly proven me wrong. Similar with Barnes. Got no problem with them both. I think they've both been phenomenal. Yeah, Matt Lowcock, good to see you again today, mate. He says, Cork on two CDMs and JBG in the 10. Yeah, I, I expect that's probably yeah. what it will be. Um, but we shall see. Uh, a lot of talk recently. Um, about Darko, I know we've mentioned him briefly, but I like the fact that sometimes people in the chat know more than I do. I was expecting him to either be on the bench or maybe even be pushing for a start today. Um, if he was on the bench, I expected him to come on around the 55th, 60th minute because he looked good against Fleetwood. Um, mm. And I think Darko has looked good in certain games. He's come on and just looks like a little, like a rough diamond, like he's a little bit rough around the edges. But we just need to fine-tune him to make him into a better player um, to get what we need out of him. But um surprised to see he wasn't on the pitch today or on the bench. Have I missed anything? Is Has he picked up a knock? Is he, is he injured or did he just fall out of favour for this game? It's a strange one because nobody actually knows um, what it was like. Even on the, I think online, it didn't really say that there was any injury to him or, you know, in, in sort of the team news. So I was, I was a little bit shocked to see him not involved because I actually thought he'd have had a, had a cameo. 
you know, and like you said there, Matt, I agree, not had much game time. Um, but in a game like this, a diamond in the rough could have been one of those where, you know, he it's shone. perfect to bring off the bench at nil-nil. We, yeah. we, were missing, we were missing that impact. I know a lot of people have said we miss Benson. We do, but he's, he's been he's been injured for three months now. We're kind of used to life without him. Today would have been the perfect game to bring Benson on, but it also would have been perfect to bring Darko on and say, right, use your pace and your tenacity to get at these players and try and make something happen. But obviously, he wasn't there. So I just felt like it were a bit of a bit of an unusual one to not play him. If 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 he has just fallen out, of, just not been picked, like like we say, he could have picked up or not. We don't know. But then it, it, this is what I don't get because you know I, I know a picture doesn't say a thousand words, but you know the picture of him smiling and all over his socials afterwards after the Fleetwood game, knowing we've gone into the yeah. quarters. I'm not saying that that's not a man who's injured or he isn't, but he were full of good spirits. You know, so he's on a high. You know, a lot of things happen in footballers, don't they? The personal life, things like that, maybe. So it could it could have just been one of those where he got he got left out for personal reasons. Uh, that he's come to the to Vinny and said, "Look, I can't play this week. You know, Missus is going out with girls. I need to stay at home and watch the dog." He's waiting for a delivery. Uh, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Matt says, look good every time he's come on. It's strange to bring on Halil over Darko. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, I just expected him to play a bit more. Um, honestly, I did. Um, Stephen Wilson says, the club have stopped giving personal information about injury. They never really did. I was saying this to my no. dad today. It's like Because my dad said, where is Benson? Um, how long is he going to be out? And I'm like, I don't know. We just keep getting told that he's nearly there. That's all they ever say. Like It's kind of weird. Like I don't know if the journalists have an agreement to not ask too many questions questions about it anymore because there's been a big change in the journalists recently obviously Chris Borden's gone um, Alex James has gone um, and even Andy Jones is now covering Liverpool at 50% and Burnley so there's been a big change and some new journals have come in so maybe they don't have that trust with the new journals or maybe the new journals don't ask um, the questions enough to push it but um, it's, I just don't seem to know where Benson is or how long he's got left. I don't need to, seem to know where Jay is or how long he's got left. And I th I'm now worrying that we're going to end... Like, we were told that Martin's shoulder injury is only a minor one and he'll be back in the in the frame soon. Obviously, I thought today would be too soon. Um, but then yeah. is Wigan going to come too soon? And then the, then the game after that, like, we're not being told anything really about injuries, are we, at the minute? Which is um, interesting. Like, I don't know where Benson is. I don't know how long he's got left. And same with Jay. No, I mean we, we've known for quite a while with Jay that he's, you know, his legs are a little bit dodgy every now and again. Um, Benson, again, like I say, the time frame, not not a clue. Uh, but the Matson one, you know, he, he had that picture, didn't he, where he had his arm sort of in a sling, and then next, yeah. next minute, I think day after he's there and he's like fresh drips and trying to, you know, be all all cool and that. So. I don't know. Wigan, I think, should be all right. You've got, he's got a full week, really, to recover. I can understand him being out a lot longer if he were a keeper. You know, they're your bread and butter. You need them fully functioning, so that I can understand. But I'd say Matson's back for Saturday, or at least in and around it. Yeah, fingers crossed. Simon Ed has just joined. He says, now then, fellas, hope Brownell's injury isn't too bad, but heard he was on crutches with a protective boot on. We have just been talking about Brownell, so we have missed that chat. However, we didn't know about this, so I've come back to it. Um, that's how it started with Benson. Benson's still wearing a protective boot, or it was when I saw him against um, Huddersfield, when he was on the pitch against Huddersfield, still had the boot on. Um, the boot does tend to mean that they're out for a while. I, I know 
I know sometimes it's precautionary and people can use examples to say, oh, well, X, Y, and Z was on a boot and then it was back the week after. But with the way that Brownell couldn't put weight on his foot and now mm. he's wearing a protective boot, surely it's 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 um it's 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 six weeks minimum, six to eight weeks. It, it sounds to me like ligament damage, ang- yeah, ankle does. ligament damage. But then yet again, I thought I didn't think Zerori would be in and around it, you know, after he came off against Fleetwood. I thought Yeah. But I, know, I, I, I remember watching that. To see him start. I remember seeing that at the time. And it was just like a little nip on, on the tour, wasn't yeah, it? it? Were. I, I, yeah. I remember thinking like is there, is there any reason to go off there? I started started making me speculate, saying maybe there's a metatarsal injury there, like the impact's broken his tour. Mm. Obviously not. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 uh, an unusual one to um for him to, to Teller got a bit of quick. a knock as well today. I think I think as he was trying to challenge for a ball, we ended up getting the corner. But I, th- I think as they've tried to stop the ball from going out for a corner and it's ricocheted off the ball for the players, he he ran sort of walk, ran behind the goal, but like like clutching his toe a little bit. Hmm. But either way, he must you know typical FIFA one. He ran it off. He'll be all right, Jeff. Yeah, magic sponge out. Uh, Matthew Norris <laughs> says. Vinny said that they were looking to keep Benson and Jay out till after the international break. Vinny wanted them back ASAP, but medical staff wanted longer. See, this is what I love. This is what I love. I did not know that. Thank you, Matthew, for letting me know. I will stop pestering now for answers on uh, on, Jay, <laughs> on Jay and Benson because obviously we're going to have to wait till after the international break. Um, but it's Wigan next, and I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, a week to recover um, and then we'll be fresh. There are some midweek games in the championship, actually. Um, so if I can just quickly check, maybe Wigan are playing. Um, but I had this mentality the other week, which has kind of ended up backfiring today because obviously we didn't win the match. Um, that, oh, it's all right if these players are injured. We're only playing Wigan and Blackpool next. Um, obviously, Blackpool ended up getting the point. So that, that mentality was kind of sort of like proven wrong. But Wigan... They are. They're playing on the seventh at West Brom. So Wigan have got a midweek wow. game and we don't. So I saw someone earlier sort of like saying, oh, bloody hell, I can't remember who it was. Oh, bloody hell, seven days until the game. It's good. The games are becoming too thick and fast. I think that's part of the reason why we look so, look so lethargic today. Obviously, Blackpool's tactics didn't help in the pitch. Um, we've been getting injuries. So it's good now that we have a break playing a lesser team in the division. Sorry, a lesser is not the right word. A poorer team. The league table doesn't lie. A poorer team in the division. Um, so even if we do have all these injuries, with their playing in midweek and the fact that they're a little bit rubbish, we should be all right, shouldn't we, against Wigan? We should get back to winning ways. Should do. Should do. Um, Wigan have been dead for... Poof, I don't know, since the season began, to be honest. Um it's only recently that they started to put a bit of a run of results together under uh, Sean Maloney. And yeah. It, again, it's another game that could go two ways. They could have momentum going from the game uh, midweek into the weekend, or they could ju- it could just be a game too much for them. Um, we'll have to see. But a week to prepare for a game, usually, you know, you're a bit more revitalised, rejuvenated, you're going again. Um, you know, we're at home as well. So, you know, usually we're not too bad at home. We've, I don't even think that many times this season we've really got out of first gear against teams and still beat them comfortably. Uh, this yeah. is what I think we may be against Wigan. But like, as I said to you at the beginning, you know, every game they've got now is is a cup final. And, they're, you know, they're, they're quite close on points uh, down at the bottom. Cardiff winning today probably would have gone, oh, God's sake, uh, for a few of them. But, 
you know, never never rule out the teams at the bottom. Like I say, it, it's dangerous. It's dangerous territory. I just they harder. They shouldn't be harder games, but the business end of a season. For some reason, they turn up. I, I, I don't know why. And it always. I always ask myself the question like, why? How? How do these teams manage to put something together now, but haven't been able to do it for the for the last thirty, you know, thirty-five? Yeah, obviously got got a result today at home to Birmingham, who were also a bit poor, to be fair. Um, yeah. But as Matt said, it, it was just on screen for a few seconds. It says Dunno, excuse me, Cassivier. Uh, it says Dunno, new manager. They're getting a few results. Could be harder than we think. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a walkover. I do think we should have enough to beat them. Admittedly, oh, I thought. Yeah. That, admittedly, I thought that today. Um, but again, the differences will be at home this time. The pitch is bigger at the turf. It's a good pitch. I, f- I don't know. You obviously, again, you watched it on. And Matt, you were there as well. So I thought you might have had a similar perspective to me. And anyone else who was there, let me know. But I was looking at the pitch from where I was sat at Stud, sorry, and I just thought. This is a very, very, very small pitch. It's really compact, and that's going to stop us from playing our. I'm not saying that they've done it for today, but that stops us from playing our game. The fact that the pitch was so small, whereas at the turf, I feel like it's a bigger, wider pitch. Um, yeah. And and the pitch, the pitch, the quality of the actual pitch, as Matt says there in the latest comment, a lot smoother at home. It was very bobbly today. I actually saw. Cullen, Ekdal, and I think Brownell miscontrolled the ball in the space of two minutes because the pitch was that bad. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, th- I think at home, Wigan, bigger pitch, smoother pitch, as Matt says, which is always nice. <laughs> um, we, sh- we should have enough to beat them. Yeah, we should. We should. That pitch today were atrocious. Uh, I don't know whether they put flaming pigeon food down on it because it was full of them. Oh, uh, mate, they were winding me up, them pigeons, right? Brave. That's all you could see on screen. I, I, I found myself them. watching them. I found myself Wait, watching the these same. pigeons more than the game sometime. It was, like it was 15, so infuriating. There's that like 15,000 people there, 22 men running around on a pitch, and these pigeons are just chilling. I thought, them, if you go, <laughs> if you go in 100, 100 mile radius of one uptown, they're flying off. So fair play to them pigeons. They've got big balls over in Blackpool of the pigeons. But... <laughs> to, to be fair, like I say, the, at the you could tell the difference today because... We were spraying the ball from one wing to the other, which just goes to show how short their pitch was. Mm. You know, we, we we don't do that often at the turf. We work that pass out to the far side, yeah, or we'll uh, we try and work it back. You know, Roberts, Ekdal, Bayer, still always trying to ping balls into to the wingers. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is brilliant. That by the way, I could not do it that well. Um, <laughs> who, who used to do it? Who, who used to do it on TV? Used to summon the pigeon down on shooting oh, stars. Oh, it was shooting stars. Yeah, Vic Reeves yeah. and Bob Mortimer. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I used to show me age again. There, some younger people at the chat were like, "What is he on about?" <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, I mean, it feels it, like someone said in the chat earlier. It feels like a defeat because we've been winning so much. Yeah. It wasn't a defeat. It was a draw. I'll tell you who do who did get beat. Sheffield United. So we are now a point closer to winning the league than we were at the start of the day. I'll say this very quietly and I'll only ever say this once. Thank you, Blackman. However, <laughs> um, Middlesbrough won. So that gap yeah. has closed now from what? 18 to 16? I'm not even looked at the league table yet. Oh no, it's, it's only 18 or only 16, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's as company said, I can't remember his exact quote, but in the context of things, it's a point gained, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Mick McCarthy has a very good record against Burnley. I think it's only Derby and Coventry, I think, are the two teams he's got better win ratios against. Um, does old Mick. So, again, 
you know, he, he seems to know a way to get round round Burnley. It seems. That said, yeah, though, we we've yeah, it's a point gained. It is a point gained. They they're fighting for their lives, you know, and and their fans were writing them off. Again, another game similar to Fleetwood, where they could just turn up. It, whether they were at home or away, it didn't really care. They it was a free hit for them, and I think a lot of teams are going to come to us now and go, let's just play play our football. If we get some it, we get some it. If we don't, we don't. This is a free hit. Burnley top of the league. I've never come to a point where people are coming to turf more, or we're going to their ground and people are going. Eh, if we get beat, we get beat. Yeah, I, I did feel like it was a little bit. It would. I'd be. I know people say oh, we played like that in the Premier League, but again, it's different um, in the Premier yeah. League. But I'd be a bit frustrated if I was a Blackpool fan watching my team set up like that in the Championship. But no, needs must. They got a point. Um, they might look back on that when they say up by goal difference. I think what a brilliant idea that was. Um, I just feel like if you're the home team, the onus should be on you um, yeah. to try and win the game. But again, I fully expect what I'm kind of contradicting myself almost instantly. I kind of understand why they didn't, of course, because we would have picked them off. Um, but uh, thank you to everyone in the chat who has told me it was called the dove from above on shooting stars and i'm there going it was a pigeon it wasn't it was a dove from above so thank you for that um but again yeah showing my age um but yeah just look at the league table there it's probably a little bit small on your screen i will zoom in a little bit for you now um yeah so of course um 77 points at the top of the league after 35 uh, games played um, the gap to second is uh, a lot. My maths is terrible. What's that? Thirteen points. Yeah. Um, they have, but they have played a game less than us. Um, but thirteen. Look at their look at their. I was somewhat. Our form isn't great at the minute. It's not. Well, you know, we haven't lost since November, so that side of it is great. But there's a lot of amber in there that I'm not a fan of. Um, no. Then just look at Sheffield United's L W L L W. They're not in form at all. And as, as some people are saying, the main thing now will be Middlesbrough, potentially. They won't be looking up, thinking, yeah, we can catch Burnley. They're going to be looking over their shoulders and getting worried. So, yeah, it's it feels like a defeat today because of the the, the manner of the game and, and the fact that we've only taken two points off a team that are second bottom. And it happens to be Blackpool as well. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Blackpool because just Lancashire rivalry, in it? And some people say they don't care. I do. Um, I, w- I would have liked to have beaten Blackpool, but... Um, it's a shame, but just looking at that league table, um, 17 points the gap is to third. Um, so yeah, it's 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 fine, isn't it, Dan? There's been a bit of a meltdown on Twitter, um, but it's fine, everything's fine. We're going up, we're winning the league. Um, and yeah, yeah. the old lady's going to be dressed in claret and blue again soon, isn't she? She is, she is. The old girl is going to be back with us and uh, gleaming in uh, a good old claret and blue. And to be fair, every other team that gets beat or you know. Bleeds during this league, bleeds claret as well. So, sort of. Yep, yep. The True Red says, this is a weird championship season because normally it's so tight, uh, but this time it's just one team running away with it. Uh, it was two at one stage. I was like, oh, Burnley, yeah. Sheffield United running away with it. It's just us now. Um, so, you know, we're all feeling a bit down because we didn't get the three points today, but um, we're fine. Uh, we are fine. Uh, Flyover Fred says we were bang average by our standards today, but most others will be delighted with our performance from today. Yeah, I think you, you, you become victims of your own success, don't you? And I think that's that's been the problem yeah. for Burnley today, Dan. Yeah, big time, big time. Finger, fingers crossed, we can put it right against Wigan and uh, all those doubters that think we're maybe potentially dropping off a little bit. You know, I won't lie; I've said it that I thought some of our performance recent recently are we a little bit tired at the fact of a new. 
you know, this new regime that we're going through? Is it a case of so many games, eventually it does affect the legs? Um, but these these people are paid professionals. They've got to try and find that you know, second wind or whatever they, need to, whatever they need to do to get results. And fingers crossed it's going to be put back right come uh, next Saturday against Wigan. Yeah, John Faulkner says, we're spoiled by no 90th minute winner today. I feel a bit ripped off. Yeah, the guy behind me, even in the 85th minute, we're like, we'll get one. We'll get one. And like I said to me, Dad, like, the only reason why he thinks that is because we always get one. So he's going to be like, <laughs> if you just looked at the balance of play, it didn't look like we'd get one. Uh, I remember at one point say, thinking that they were going to score where they were kept having a few chances. And thankfully, mm. they were a great tackle by I can't remember who it was. Uh, Matt Lowcock says, show is the bottom of the league. Um, okay. I don't know why you'd want that, but there you go, Matt. Uh, Huddersfield are bottom on 31 points, then Wigan on 32, then Blackpool on 32. Cardiff have won, so they're cut adrift actually now, them three. Um, so the Clarets are going up and you're going down, whatever the song was. Um, the Cardiff <laughs> on 38, QPR 39, Birmingham. Look at QPR's form. L, L, L. They're dreadful at the minute, aren't they? Um, then, then, then rather than them, Swansea, Stoke, and Reading. I think all of them are, are safe. But uh, uh, yeah, Dan, you think the bottom three as it is there going down, or do you think someone might uh, put a bit of a run together? Maybe Blackpool or hopefully not Wigan because we've got them next after. After two draws today? Huddersfield are gone. I think a lot of Blackpool fans are resided to the fact that they're going. I do think if any of the bottom three are going to stay up, it's probably going to be Wigan. Not at our expense. Maybe the games afterwards. But uh, if, they, if any team's going to swap places, it's going to be Cardiff going down and Wigan, Wigan staying up. But Cardiff are putting a, a good case in at the moment and where QPR are going as well, they, you know, let's not rule them out. Yeah, it'd be massive if QPR went down. I remember that they went top at one point. Um, not yeah. what for long, but they still went top at one point. I think they could like have gone eight... top if they beat us at their place, couldn't they, or something like that? Yeah, I, 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 that game after the World Cup, weren't it? We absolutely murdered yeah, yeah. them. Uh, interesting, and Solon always does this. He always he always listens and goes out, and I presume you he. I never actually... I, Never actually asked the question. Um, but um, interesting, he always does this and gets gets a nice start. Our pitch is only three metres longer and one metre wider than Blackpool's. Uh, once you submit the dimensions to the FA, you're not allowed to alter it throughout the season. It felt like it would be a lot bigger than that, that the difference would be a lot more. Um, especially the wide... I, I thought if it would be anything, it'd be the other way around. I thought maybe three metres wider and one metre longer. But um, interesting. It just felt so compact. That's probably just, again... Just, just a sign of how Blackpool played more than anything. Then, isn't it making the pitch look really compact? Yeah, they did. Um, like I said, they, they did put us on, put us under a lot of pressure. Uh, they weren't letting us get our passing game going. There were a few times we've had to look back towards Murich. You know, they, they were going at us man for man. Usually, we draw people into that and find a way of getting in yeah. behind it. But as, as we were coming forward, so easily. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just today it just didn't work because defensively they kept enough numbers back and, and came forward when they needed to. There you go. The fact, solid facts, I'm going to call him now. Uh, Blackpool, 102 times 67 metres. Burnley, 105 by 68 metres. Um, and yeah, Flyver Fred says... Stars matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's the pigeons that make it look so small. Um, Daz Morgan says, so-called Burnley fans fighting amongst themselves in the ground. I'll be honest, I was there. I didn't see that. I did no. see, though, when I was walking down the stairs at the end, 
an elderly man, not too old, about my dad's age. Apologies, Dad. I know he listens to this. Uh, a man that <laughs> like, probably a little bit older than my dad, to be fair. Um, probably like early, but, but my dad's not early 70s, by the way, just to get that out there. My dad's, my dad's 65. So just, but a, a guy probably in his early just Keep 70s. digging, Joe. Keep digging. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. He's going to ring me up after school. What's all that about? Um, but, uh, yeah, with with like blood on his head, um, and it, I, 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 really? I would take an educated guess and say he was hit by a missile. I'm not saying Blackpool fans did that. I'm just saying it, that's the kind of injury you see it hit on the head. It looked mm. like a missile sort of injury. Again, I didn't see that. I'm not saying that happened. Um, but I didn't see any fighting. Daz, obviously, maybe you did. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, and I saw a lot of drunk Burnley fans there today. But uh, as you can imagine, they've gone to Blackpool. Uh, Give me a video got, on got, Twitter got, of some bloke walking practically yeah, that length sideways. Yeah, I've seen it. I remember at first I thought I thought he was like disabled. I'm like, you can't you can't film this. You take it piss out of yeah. me. Like, you can't. And then I realised he's pissed. I'm like, oh right, yeah, fair enough, fair game. Um, <laughs> but um, interesting. Uh, yeah, Kurt Lee makes a good point. Maybe ours looks a bit bigger because the stands are a bit further back. Yeah, I guess the st- yeah. with, the, with the, the stadium being so so tin pot basically. Um, that uh, it does look small. Uh, obviously, getting towards the end now then, obviously, I always like to end it on the league table, which I've done, and I always like to get your Man of the Match shouts, so please get your Man of the Match shouts in the comments. Um, I will put them all out and read them all out um, as and when they come in. Uh, but, Dan, who was your Man of the Match uh, today? Obviously, in a claret shirt. Don't choose the Blackpool goalkeeper, please. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to Cullen. I think Cullen saw quite a lot of the ball. Um, tried to orchestrate us going forwards and backwards, um, put himself about quite a bit. Um, so I'd either give it to him or Connor Roberts for me. I think both stake to claim for it. What did I just say, Solent Clarence? What <laughs> did I just say? And then he follows that up. Whoops. Um, there you go. Um, but yeah, don't give it there, keeper. Uh, Flyover Fred says JBG, man of the match. I thought he did all right. Um, I've already mentioned him. I'm going to mention him again. I thought Jordan Bayer. I thought he was fantastic. The way he comes out, obviously kept a clean sheet. Um, he won a lot of headers. Um, won quite a few aerial duels as well. Um, and it's, just, it's just the way he comes out with the uh, the ball. Just so effort, effortlessly. Runs out with the ball. Gets, but he, he helps us beat that so many times to try and beat the press that yeah. their strikers are doing by passing it round and then being too slow like we were today. And then Jordan Bale just get the ball and make a beaming run and he's done it. And it's just fantastic. Um, I think Cullen won it on the coach that I was on. Um, so Cullen is obviously going to be a popular one because of that. Um, but yeah, me for me, um, Jordan Bale, I thought it was fantastic. I'm just quickly trying to get his stats up now on screen um, just so I can see. Yeah, he got... Um, he was the highest rated player for Burnley. Uh, their man of the match was Thompson, not not their goalkeeper. Uh, it was Jordan oh. Bayer for Burnley, though. Um, he won six aerial duels, which was um, 75% of them. Um, I only made one dribble. I thought he made more than that, but I think that's probably just... Um, I don't know how the dribble stats work. Sometimes it looks like you don't make many dribbles when you do. Um, but yeah, thank you for all your man of the match shouts. I've just seen a funny one. Um, obviously, Flyover Fred says JBG. Uh, Sam Ed says Teller. Um, Teller did quite well on the uh, coach as well, even though I know a few people got frustrated with him. Dan, you were saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he tried. Um, just his end product wasn't there. Uh, Solent Clarets uh, is now behaving. And he says Roberts... <laughs> Um, Stephen Wilson says Cullen. True Red says Bayer. Graham says the Pigeons. <laughs> pigeons Big shout out to the, the Pigeons. Yep. Uh, Matt Lowcock says agree, Joe, but wouldn't say no one was a clear standout for me. Fair enough. 
Um, Matthew Norris says either centre back or Cullen. Solent Clarets, actually, before we do go, uh, I've seen a couple of yeah. um, people commenting on Oberfemi. What are your thoughts on the Oberfemi's performance? Uh, non existent. Absolutely non existent. Uh, from what I remember, he walked, touched the ball two or three times. We didn't even yeah. look to that wing when he came on. It, it was all trying to find Teller uh, and hopefully try and utilise him. Maybe bringing Oberfemi on, having a bit of pace. They'll try and focus on that left hand side more than the right and free up Teller a bit. But it didn't. It didn't work like that. We didn't even find Oberfemi with it hardly any of the passes. And when we did, it weren't. You know, he just he just sent it back into the middle of the park. He didn't try taking a man on. He didn't try to you know, do anything with it apart from make the pass. And I, I don't even remember him really running, getting himself involved in the box because we were playing him that far wide. That's one thing that I've hated with Burnley Football Club and Strikers, sticking him out wide. You know, we did it with Patterson towards the end. We did it with Rodriguez. We did it with Lafferty. I mean, you, could, you the list goes on. I mean, we shouldn't, we shouldn't keep doing it. We've got enough wingers in the ranks to be able to go winger for winger and not stick a striker up there. He's got the pace to beat the last man, the shoulder of the defender. That's why, for me, it'd be a case of drop Barnes a little bit more uh, and play someone like Oberfemi with Teller up top. You know, have the two besties up there and uh, tearing it up. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything everyone's saying. I do think Oberfemi um, was a little quiet today. Um, but, I mean, I guess, that's what he's there on the bench to do, though, isn't it? Like, he's there on the bench to make an impact, and he didn't do that, so I can understand the criticism. I just feel like in that kind of game today, where only one team were trying to play football, it's difficult to come on and make things happen in such a compact, sort of like defensive thing, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, that Blackpool were doing. Um, so I, I, I think he's been okay since we've signed him. It's a no-brainer for the reported £3.5 million. Um I don't want to get into the Foster debate again because we've had it a million times, but I think he's looked better than Foster um, since he's come here. Um, so well, again, that's another that... argument. Halal coming on instead of Foster today. Yeah, I mean it shows, doesn't it? And and, and as and as Matt said earlier, it shows. I think Matt said something about him coming on before before being on the bench before trailing off. Um, so yeah, that's interesting to see where company's thoughts are at at the minute. But um, yeah, I I, th I I do think, like I said, I don't want to get into the Foster debate again. We've had it a million times and I'm sure we'll have it again at some point if he doesn't start uh, scoring goals, or even if he does start scoring goals, obviously we'll have a different type of debate. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I thought he's looked okay as Oberfemi, so I I'll give him the benefit of the doubt um, for today. But yeah, getting towards an hour, so we're going to start wrapping it up. Dan, unless there's anything else you want to you wanna say, you want to discuss? No, we just put the, let's put these dead clubs to bed. You know, starting next Saturday, you know, let's put these pie eaters, send them back crying. Um, I'm sure it, a pie crust is thick enough to sort the tears up in it. So they can uh, they can delve into that. Same at Hull, we go again. You know, we ain't getting mauled by the Tigers. You can keep that chant and stick it up your arse. It's not happening. Um, I want us to get the job done and, you know, sod the City game. Let's not even go there with that one. But in terms of the league, let's beat these teams that we've got around us now. I want us to break that 100-point barrier at least. Even if we don't break Reddings, I want us to see us get over 100 points at least. I don't think we'll break Reddings now. I think I think that's gone. Um, I think we needed to... Because we've still got to play Sheffield United. We've still got to play Middlesbrough. Burra, we've, still got, yeah. we've still got to play them. Um, so uh, there's, there's a few games where you look at it and you think, ah, could, could, could be a draw or even a defeat there. Um, 
But yeah, uh, thanks for coming on the show, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Thank everyone for watching. Uh, oh, by the way, I just I just want to say actually, I got sidetracked there because you said something and I want to talk about it. You just said the best line I've ever heard there: "A pie crust is thick enough to soak up your tears." You you definitely need to use that next week if we win and someone starts giving your page shit. I, I won't I won't tax it. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> that, that would be brilliant. That I'll try my best. I'll fit it yeah. in somewhere. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, but thanks for coming on the show, Dan. It's been a pleasure. No, I appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you if they don't already know? Yeah, I mean, I need a shave so you can find me in any local skip. Um, but at the moment, uh, yeah, you can uh, find me at Turf Morehouse TV, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, you name it, we're on it. But um, keep showing the love to Joe, keep doing what you're doing and uh, up the bloody clarets, mate. Yep, Graham says, great show, chaps, thank you. That's obviously a perfect way to end it. As I always do say, though, of course, if you join the live stream late uh, and you want to watch it from the beginning, as soon as I end this broadcast, it becomes a standalone video for you to watch at your leisure. Um, I will be putting the podcast up probably tonight, um, so if you want to listen to it tonight um, or at any point tomorrow or on your commute on Monday morning, you can do so. But thank everybody for watching. Thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Dan, for coming on the show, and we will see you before the Wigan game. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.